Rebel Love Podcast, where each week I'll bring you a new episode exploring love, sex, relationships, and money. Join me as together we question, explore, and strive to understand. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Rebel Love Podcast. Today, I am super excited to speak to a really good friend of mine, someone who I've spoken to and I feel I feel a really nice synergy with, <laughs> Jill Shiramari. Jill is a TEDx speaker, author, influencer, blogger, coach, and founder of Let Go For It, a lifestyle brand dedicated to helping individuals let go for a better life and organizations let go for better business results. She's also an award-winning journalist and communications leader who can trace practically every success she's had in her career, love life, and more to letting go. Welcome, Jill. How's it going? (laughs) I'm so happy to be here with you, Talia, in the middle of pandemic life. (laughs) Yes, me too. We've done this a few times. I'm like, oh, I love speaking to you. Yeah. I know. Back to you. Back to you. Back to you. (laughs) And I love that. I remember... um, when I first came across you and your brand, let go for it. I was like, that's exactly why I started Rebel Love. And I know I say this every time we, we talk, but I just think, yeah. you know, it's been such a journey for me learning to let go. And, and I really, um, you know, it's such an emotional thing, deciding to let go of something and then stepping into the next thing. And um, yeah, so how yeah. did you can, you, can you tell us a little bit how you got to this point and, uh, and what letting go has done for you? Yes. Yeah, um, letting go has been, I can say at the outset, and you've heard me say it a million times, like letting go is painful in the short term and transformational in the long term, every single time. I mean, the whole journey of letting go started when I really didn't even realize it was starting, which was many, many years ago when I was in a long-term relationship with someone who just didn't want what I did. I wanted to get married. He didn't. I stayed for 12 long years until I finally had the largest epiphany in the whole world that I talked about in my book, in my TEDx talk, and finally worked up that courage to say enough and let go of him. And the entire life that I had built with him around him in the city that I loved. And I decided to really make a lot of very big changes and letting him go. I let go of a lot of um, tangibles around our life together. So the home, the friends, all that kind of stuff, but also a lot of the intangibles that I was holding on to, the beliefs, the ideas, the thoughts, the fears, a lot of the emotional stuff that kept me stuck and making the same choices that weren't getting me where I wanted to go in love, which was into a healthy, happy, loving relationship and marriage that I wanted to experience, which I know is not the end all be all for everybody. But for me, it was something that I wanted to experience. And in doing all of that work, I came up with a process that helped me to get there. And I did wind up meeting a wonderful man. And we've been married for more than 14 years. And I used the process to let go. I let go of a full-time corporate job last year to pursue life on my own, which has been really challenging because I, who would have ever predicted a global pandemic where everything gets shut down and then there you are. But, you know, again, using the process to let go inside of the pandemic and figure out, you know, how to pivot and shift and be okay through, you know, whatever comes what may. And so that's kind of my work really took off after my TEDx talk and so many people saw it. And I really kind of became a letting go. I did all my research and kind of became an expert in the area of letting go, which believe me, doesn't mean that I don't have to do it and that I'm done and that I never have to do it. But it just means that I think I have become my own best student and it's powerful and it works. Yeah. And it's hard. It is really hard. It's really hard. That's exactly 
That's exactly why Rebel Lover started because I had such an issue with letting go. <laughs> I'm just like, what if I never find it again? What if I never feel this again? And then I was like, well, you won't. You absolutely won't because nothing's going to be exactly like that. It's going to be something different. Right. And different is not necessarily bad. And that's what I had to get right. to in my head. Like I was like, oh, you know, yeah, it's going to be different. That's true. But that's not always a bad thing, you know? Right. And, you know, there's so many what ifs. You just, you don't want to leave hanging out there in the ether because then you regret them. If the, if the, if the feeling of what if is so powerful to me, that is a, that is a red flag. That is a trigger that says, maybe there's something I need to let go of here. If I, what I have is inspiring you to say something like, what if, what if I don't stay another 12 years in this relationship? What if I take a chance on myself, even if it's scary? What if I leave this really big, beautiful job that just makes me feel unhappy when I have to get up and go there? What if I left it? What would happen to me? As if, you know, we, we ask those questions as if there's some force that is in control of what's going to happen, but really we are in control of what's going to happen. So it's not like what if is going to happen in the, in the world or the universe if I leave my job or I leave my boyfriend or I leave, leave something that looks promising that I want more than anything to be what I want it to be, but may not be what right. if. Right. But we have control over that. That's all part of the letting go process mm-hmm. is embracing the fact that we can choose what we have. hmm I kind of want to flip that as well. Like, what if I stayed here for another 12 years? Like, would, would I feel like my, my soul's wasting away doing the same thing? I, I remember I am, um, there's a woman in the village that I grew up in. Well, I say village. Oh, it's because it was called Yarraville Village. So that's why. I love that. <laughs> the, the suburb that I was brought up in. Um, there was a woman there who, um, she worked at the chemist and a pharmacy. You guys call it a pharmacy, I think. And um, yeah. She was literally there for 30 years and I would go in and I kept thinking every time I went in, she never seemed unhappy. She was just going through the motions. She was like, Hey, and she'd walk mm-hmm. up and I, and I saw her aging over the years in this pharmacy. And I was just like, I kept, I, I kept wanting to kind of <laughs> almost honestly, if I'm honest, like take her by the shoulders and shake her and say, what are you doing? Like, get out and get a different job. Like, you know, not that there's anything wrong if that's what you want, but I was just like, there's so much out there are you sure you want to do this? Like whenever I hear anyone, and maybe that's just my own thing of, of like, I don't know if I could, you know, work in a job for 30 years unless I had the freedom to, to travel and do what I wanted to do. But the idea of being tied down like that to the same job and not having that variety. But if that, you know, I, I guess I couldn't, I just can't comprehend how that would be, uh, you mm-hmm. know, okay for someone, but apparently it is. And it's just so different to my reality that, you know, I'm like, what it's would so happen? It's so interesting how, how we see ourselves reflected in other people's choices, you yeah. know, especially when we're in an inflection moment or we're at a point where we're trying to figure out, we're figuring out what if, yes, what if I did stay? What if, what if that woman did leave? What if, I mean, life is full of what ifs every single day. And we live with that from the time we're born. It's just that we're making choices in response to that what if, and we're not really even paying attention to the fact that we're doing that. We're not consciously aware of when I wake up today, that what if question is posed to me 
a million different ways. What if you go to the store? What if you stay home? What if I go get, what if I go to Starbucks this morning and get coffee? What mm-hmm. if I don't? What if I decide to take a day off? What if I decide to start writing my next book? What if I like we're constantly ruminating those questions in our mind. And yet I think so many of us think we don't have control over the answers, especially when it comes to the big, big stuff like love and relationship and where we feel ourselves really stuck or uncertain or fearful and afraid that we don't have enough time or we we feel so pressured that we have to choose, that we have to decide. For some people, it's, I have to know if this is the right person for me. I have to know if I want to do this, write this book by X about this, or if I want to take this job, or if I want to be friends with this person still, or if I want to say something to this family member who's heard me or in any area of life, or if I want to, you know, give, what if I gave up dairy? Like every day we're making choices of things that we want to hold on to and things that we want to let go of in order to have the life that we want or that we have. And I always have said this over the years, but I never really put it into this frame until I've gone through this sort of letting go journey work of, I think we have things, I think we make choices based on what we believe is possible for us and what we believe we deserve. It's one of those two things. And those are our guiding lights. And I just think that's human nature. There's no judgment around that. I just think that's how we're wired. And unless we stop to actually look at those things and say, oh, I keep bringing these things into my life, or I've been here for 30 years and I want to make a change, but but, what if this is all I know how to do? What if I quit my job and I don't find another? What if I quit my job and everybody goes into lockdown because all of a sudden there's a global pandemic? What if I, I'm too old. I'm too old to start over. I'm too old to be a ballerina. I'm too old to do all these things that I want to do. What if I left and I, I wound up on Skid Row? This I know. This isn't so, so bad. I mean, yes, you know, it's, it's enough already, but, you know, it's something, it's good pay. I would be crazy to leave. Right. What if I stayed? What if I stayed? And then in 10 years, I can retire and have this amazing life and, you know, knock on wood, hopefully I'll be able to retire. Hopefully I'll be healthy and well and I can enjoy. But, you know, mm-hmm. we all we all run through a different laundry set of answers to those questions. And I know for me, even when I left my job, similar, you know, been on the job, not for that long, but in and out of corporate America and thinking I could just do this for another 10, 15 years and retire and be fine. Like a lot of people that I knew there were doing that and have a great retirement, or I can just say, no, my life is right now. I'm not going to defer it. I'm going to go and do and live every second. We're also different that way, but I think it's interesting how you, and for most of us, you know, we see ourselves reflected in other people's choices so often, and it either confirms for us the direction that we're heading in, or it reminds us maybe there's another way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I often think that like people stay in these corporate jobs and here's the thing, they stay because they're trapped by the money. They're like, it's so good. Why would I leave this? But I'm, I'm terribly unhappy, but I can't leave right. because like, what if I don't find a job that pays this much? And it's like, well, what if you have a better quality of life? <laughs> what if that happens? You know, maybe money's not the most important thing. Or what if you do? What if you make more money? What if right. you find doing your passion and your 
thing and what you're meant to do next. What if there's even more abundance? This is the thing about letting go, right? This is the thing. One of the questions, you know, what can we do to let go of our fear? I think as we prepare to let go, or if we let go, so many of us are focused on the loss of letting go, the grief of letting go, mm-hmm. the fear of letting go. Right. What it, what won't I have if I let go? Instead right. of here's what I have now that is actually triggering me to let go. And what if I have all this abundance? What if when I step into the thing that I really want to do and be next offers me all this possibility? And all of these amazing things. And so, you know, it's not, it's where do we gravitate? And if we're constantly gravitating to that place of scarcity, why? What inside of us do we, do we believe to be true about what's possible for us and what we deserve? Where did that come from? And how do we re- rewire it so that we, yeah, we're going to feel loss and grief. That's natural. That's normal. But at a certain point... There should also be that tinge of excitement, like, wow, I don't have to go here anymore. Wow, now I can do all kinds of things. So I love this because it's such a powerful piece of letting go, is taking that pressure off of ourselves to feel like we have to do the practical things at all times. And I'm not telling you to like jump off a cliff, but with reason when you're big, wild, loving, when you love and understand yourself, you are apt to take risks, calculated risks, smart risks. When, you t- when it's time to let go, when it was time for me to let go of my, of my job, I had already done groundwork to decide what was going to happen for me next. Mm-hmm. Still didn't know how successful or not successful, but we're always doing things to support our own well-being. Mm-hmm. And so, but those are all choices we get to make. So, yeah. Can you explain, you, you just talked about a little bit about Big Wild Love and I just want for anyone listening who doesn't know what that means, can you go into a little bit more about what is Big Wild Love and how is that, how can we cultivate that? Yeah, so, um, so Big Wild Love is basically, it's self, I say it's self-love with intention. It's self-love with the intention to really understand yourself, what you believe, what you believe to be true, what you believe to be possible, what you believe that you deserve that really gives, puts the ground under your feet. So you love and understand yourself well enough to know that you have the confidence and the courage to take the risks that are part of letting go. Because like we've been talking about, there are risks involved with letting go. If you don't have a footing, if you don't have the ground under your feet, if you don't believe that no matter what happens to you in your life, you will be okay because you have you mm-hmm. and you know what you're worth and you know what you deserve. And you know that barring the limitations of space, time, and, you know, anything else that what you want is possible and available to you and that you'll always make good decisions on your hands. So there's, there's many, many ways to cultivate that big wild love, which can be sort of synonymous with self-love. It's, it's very different from self-care, which is going out and getting a massage and all those pampering things and like eating right and exercising, all amazing things to do that support big wild love. But those are not the things if you're coming out of a relationship and you want to understand why you keep finding yourself attracted to the same people or in the same situation over and over again, you know, being with the girls and getting a massage and a manicure is all wonderful stress relieving things to do, but that's not what's going to advance you from one behavior pattern to the next. 
mm-hmm. you know, self-love, big wild love is really doing the work to dive into what are those subconscious beliefs, what experiences, what wounds, what is defining your choices mm-hmm. from the inside out, not the outside in. Mm-hmm so that you can do better and make adjustments the next time. And you can resist those impulses that you've used your whole life to make choices that haven't served you, to know that uh, that's an old limiting belief or an old reflex that I have been given in my lifetime from an influential parent or an ex-boyfriend or some bad experience that has conditioned me to be fearful or afraid or gravitate to a certain choice over and over a certain kind of partner who may be a different person, but they're but the same pattern that we're repeating over and over and over again. And Big Wild Love really lays the ground down for so much freedom and um, an ability to really take, let go and take those risks and embrace the possibilities versus not just the, the losses and the, and the fear of the part of letting go. So, yeah, we were just talking um, before we started recording this, we were just talking about like when you're getting into a new relationship and there's a, there's like that fear of, of the unknown and fear of like, what if it does work? <laughs> there's just so many what right. ifs. And, and, and you were talking about, um, you know, being like, like being okay with like stepping back and, and, yes. and just like letting go of the, the fear around it. Can you explain it? Because you, you explained it a lot better than I did, but I, I feel like this is really appropriate for, <laughs> for where I am right now. And um, yeah. yeah, I'm happy to. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have to, when we're out in the world looking for something, we're looking for love, we're looking for a partner, we're looking for a relationship, something that's hard to find because we do have big wild love. We do have self-love. We do have standards. We want to honor ourselves and the people around us, the people that we bring into our lives. And sometimes in the process of wanting all those things, we tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves, especially if they're hard earned or they're hard won or they're hard to find. You know, we're, we're looking in that, in that haystack and we finally find that needle and, you know, we don't want to let it go because it's taken us a long time to find it. But now that needle, that needle has has an engine and it's coming at us all the time. And it's great, but there's something about it that we just can't put our finger on. There's an instinct. There's a, this is great, but there's just something that I cannot put my finger on. And that is the moment of time to take a step back. Time to really explore what that could be. It's not to say that that needle isn't going to be the greatest needle ever. And that's the needle for life. But it might also be saying, this isn't the right thing for me, but there's a reason that I have to be involved in this experience because being involved in this experience is going to let me get closer to that thing. It's going to move me and advance me a little bit higher up on that, on the rung to finding what's at the top of that ladder. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to explore it without reasoning and rationalizing in my mind all the reasons why people talk away that instinct, right? I can't find it. I've looked for it. It doesn't exist. If I don't go with the flow with it or do what it wants, I might lose it. I don't want to do that either. 
I'm really unsure. I'm trying to set boundaries, but maybe now I'm starting to question myself. Like maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I don't want this kind of thing. Um, I say I want it. Maybe this isn't the right thing, but if it isn't the right thing, oh my God, you know, time's passing. It better be the right thing. And, you know, quite honestly, finding love and relationship, being with the right person really shouldn't be that complicated. Not in the beginning. In the beginning, there should be a sense of ease around what that relationship looks like and how people grow together into a relationship that matches both of their comfort levels. And there shouldn't be those little nagging, can't really put my foot up, finger on it, unless it's a, oh my God, I'm scared. This is so great. I don't want to get hurt again, but I can't wait to be with this person. It just feels right. And, and not only it just feels right, but I'm, I'm seeing this as a person who, you know, is defying the, the limiting beliefs that I had, who is aligned with my empowering beliefs. This is a person who's treating me well. This is a person who honors me and who wants the things that I want and who enjoys the things that I want. All of the healthy reasons to be with another person versus this just feels right because you're with someone who is mimicking, you know, the parent who was hard on you or who gave you those limiting beliefs. So it's such a fine line. But the one thing I want to say is when we have those instincts, we have to honor them. We have to listen to our gut because that is always the truth inside of us trying to get our attention, trying to tell us something. And it's not to say, walk away from that needle in that haystack, but it is to say, take a step back, move at your pace, and don't worry about your pace being offensive to another person. Because if your pace is offensive to another person, that's not your person. Right. I love that. Yeah. Very, very true. And I I think it's hard at the start of kind of new relationships, figuring out how that communication is going to work. And some people do sacrifice what works for them or like what's okay with them because they don't want to kind of rock the boat, I guess, or offend. Right. But I guess that kind of sets a precedent for the, the type of communication level moving forward as well. Like if you can't have that conversation in a really, you know, a respectful way and, you know, with grace at the start, then how is it going to happen down the track? That's right. And, you know, and here's the thing. It's not about the other person being wrong for wanting a different pace. Totally. It's not about them being a bad person. It's just the key. The trick is finding someone that wants what you do when you do in the way that you do. It seems like it would be an impossible task, but it's really not. But you're right. It does set up the idea that I, I don't want to have to hold back because I'm worried about your feelings first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And again, it's not to say you should be inconsiderate and selfish and not care about another person's feelings. As you go through life with another person, there's going to be times where you're going to like pick your battles as they say. Right. (laughs) What did Ruth Bader Ginsburg, when someone asked her how how she was married for so long, she said uh, something like selective hearing or, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I didn't hear certain things. Like there's always going to be those compromises, but as you are setting the the patterns and the habits in relationship, you have to feel safe enough to be able to say, and when I mean safe enough, I mean 
that every time you express a need, that person isn't going to leave or walk away or get aggravated or frustrated right. that you can voice and say, I need to move at this pace. I understand if you need to move at that pace. If that's the your truth, you're not wrong for it. It's just maybe it's not right. We're not the right people together. Yeah, we're not the right fit. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, right. But it's always about, you know, I've, I've coached women and they've said to me, you know, well, I don't, I don't think I could trust another person. And it's like, it's not about trusting another person. It's about trusting yourself. You have to be able to trust yourself. And that starts by honoring the instincts that mm. are coming, that, that is telling you, giving you your answers. Because, so. if, because if you ignore them, it's like that there's, some, there's something between you. You know, it's like, it's like that lump in your throat. It's like, I can't say it, but it's there. And it doesn't just go away by ignoring it. You know, it's the elephant in the room that, the other person has no idea exists unless you talk about it. Right. You know, and that's not fair to the other person. No. And you know, and, because yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. Like I remember, thankfully not, not, I don't remember like it, that's happened recently, but um, I remember having to have hard conversations and like wanting to talk, but it like being so hard to come out of my mouth. And it's that thing of like, right. I mean, you try not to say we've, we've got to talk because then everyone starts freaking out when you say we've got to have right. a chat. And they're like, wait a second. <laughs> right. Right. But then, you know, right. I, yeah, I remember having a really hard conversation and I just was like, I know what I'm going to say is going to hurt you. And I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to have it come yeah. out because if I don't say, and this is the way I always kind of framed it was I'm either hurting you or I'm hurting me and I'm the only one. Right who's consistently with me all the time. So I have to honor myself and I'm not doing it to hurt you. It's just by not doing it, I'm hurting me. And, you know, yes, if it comes down to, and, and, you know, this sounds very selfish, but it's really not. I mean, this, and again, this is really the crux of letting go. This was the crossroads that I found myself at, which was, it was either him or me. Right. It was either him or me. Totally. And we have, we have to choose ourselves. We have to always choose ourselves first, but, but in choosing ourselves, we're also honoring the other person in being truthful to ourselves. We're honoring the other person because we're not bringing a lie to them. Here's what I mean. You know, I didn't talk about the things that I wanted throughout my relationship very often. And was it my ex's fault that he didn't give them to me? If I didn't stand up for them, for myself, Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing him any justice either. Because when I did finally walk away, I'm not sure he understood the depth of my, of all that I'd held in over the years. I didn't understand the depth of all I'd held in over the years, which was not fair to me first and foremost, but it wasn't fair to him either. And so, you know, being honest, choosing ourselves is critical for us, but it's also being fair to the other person. Because if we're not bringing the truth of who we are to the relationship, and that is all of the good and the complicated stuff, then we're really not honoring the other person either. Mm. As an aside, not the main, main reason to do it, but a good reason to do it if you're going to have honorable relationships with anybody, right. Right. Is, you know, being able to do that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I just interviewed one of our writers here at Rebel Love and she was, was saying how, when she started her relationship with her partner, 
one of the things that really stood out to her and that she'd never had before was that he gave her the space to kind of be who she was. So she'd have all these Mm -hmm. realizations and this growth because they actually have like a um, kind of an open relationship. I don't know if that's exactly the right way to describe it, but um, they, they have, you know, sexual interactions with other people, but together. And, um, and she said when she was going through that, you know, he just gave her a lot of space to kind of process and go through stuff. And she was like, I just never had anyone hold space for me like that. And I was like, thinking about it, I was like, wow, this guy's like, that's a really amazing skill. Like to be able to really mm-hmm. hold that space for your partner. And I mean, I hope that she did it for him too. We didn't talk about that, but I'm sure that she did. Otherwise they wouldn't be, right. you know, working. But I, I just remember thinking that was really profound for me to hear somebody say it like that. Like, right. Cause I always thought about that. Like I've always thought about this growing up, like everyone always wants to change, right? Okay. We're changing or, but then the people that know them most, they still view them as the old them. So it's like, how can people truly change if we don't allow them to change? If we don't give right. them the space to show us that there's somebody else, you know, it's like right. you keep putting me in the box of that. I was this when I was younger or I was this a few years ago, but I'm not that person right. anymore. And I've, you know, and so it's like, now it's up, it's up to you to let go of that image of me and to, to step into the image of me that I am now and that, that, that I'm being now. Mm-hmm. And if they can't, then it's us letting go of them. Mm-hmm. And it may not be forever, but for, for the way that we need to, for our own well-being, mm-hmm. is taking that step back from them. So yeah. Yeah. There's any number of ways and areas to let go. It's, it's just endless, mm-hmm. which is why it's so important to learn how to do it as a, as a life skill, as a practice, as something that we know how to reach for tangibly and even in, you know, a ritualistic sort of way when we're feeling those nudges of restlessness or unhappiness or questioning or chaos or confusion or, or pressure or any of those things when we start, you know, questioning whether where we are in any aspect of our life is right. As we do as human beings, that's just part of what it means as we get older and we mature and we evolve and we change as life events change us. Pandemic is no better scenario. I think every single person in this world would say that 2020 has in some way or another changed them. And so, you know, being able to let go of things that may, we may not have time to process and think about, but are now in front of us is really a skill. And it's, it's a, a practice and a skill that we have to do over and over and over and over and over. There's mm-hmm. an awareness that comes with it and a willingness to see hard things and to do hard things and to know that in the face of those hard things, we'll always be okay. That's the big wild love piece. That's the foundational piece that sets you up to do all the, to take those risks and to be open to seeing those epiphanies that are hard and that tell us it's time for change. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's just a myriad of ways to do it. I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like you just tied everything in like a, a big bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I remember thinking I, you know, I need to start remember when I realized I had such an issue with letting go, I was like, okay, I have a real issue with this. And I started talking to people about it and they were like, oh yeah, I have that too. And I, and I was like, well, how come nobody talks about it? Like, you know, like even I uh, remember when Marie Kondo was a, was a thing and everyone was like, yeah. You know, and, and I was like, okay, I'm going to practice this. I bought her book. 
Because I was like, I have a problem letting go of everything, right? Particularly relationships, but also like stuff. And then I was like, but I don't want all this stuff. I want to let go of it. So I was like, okay, so thank it. Thank the thing. <laughs> and then, and then you're right. like, kind of like the question, the what if questions, like what would happen if this thing wasn't in my life? I probably wouldn't even notice. So like, let go of the thing and then let's see what happens. I have a really good friend, my friend Rose. She calls herself Rose Knows Where It Goes. She's a, she's a, home, she's a home organizer and so much more, so much more. Like she literally goes into people's houses and helps them get rid of their stuff and all the attachments to that stuff. And she'll always say to me, you know, cause I'll say to her, I'll be like, Rose, I need to get you in my house. I need to get you to help me get rid of stuff out of my closet. And she's like, when you open your closet and you see things in there that don't fit, that you can't wear, it's like every day you start your day with regret. Every day. Mm. How is that serving you? Mm. And really I'm like, point. <laughs> it's brilliant when we hold on to things that are no longer serving us. All they do is reflect back to us the many ways they're not serving us. And so I love that. I never forgot it. I think it's just, um, it's just so powerful, you know, and really the key to it is, is just really being, having a deep awareness of yourself, having a deep awareness of what you believe and having a deep awareness of what you want, constantly syncing them up. How are those beliefs motivating my ability to get what I want? Are they derailing me? Are they championing me? Are they pushing me forward? Or are they pulling me down? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, you know, when, when I know what I want, what's standing between me where I am right now and this thing that I want and whatever's standing there in the middle, that's the let go of all. That's the stuff that needs to go away that you need to let go of. Mm-hmm. And it could be anything. It could really literally be anything, but it's life-changing. It is life-changing. Jill, thank you so much for being here. It has been a pleasure as always. So easy to talk to you. (laughs) As always. Yes. Yes. I'm totally invested in your life, Talia. Totally invested. (laughs) I feel the same way. I feel the same way. So easy. So if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? Can you let us know that? Um, They can find me at my website at uh, letgoforit.com or Mm -hmm. on Facebook or Instagram. I'm not a Twitter girl. I'm just not. I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I hear you. Do what works. Again, do what works. Let it go. Right? Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Yeah. At, at let go for it at, at Facebook and Instagram. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy to hear from everybody who is struggling with letting go. I'd love to hear your story. So please do reach out. That would be great. Perfect. And I'll put all of the show notes, um, put all the information that we've spoken about in the show notes. If you go to rebellove.com EP12, so that is rebellove.com forward slash, sorry, remember the forward slash EP1212, episode 12. Thank you so much again, Jill, and have an awesome evening. You too. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Rebel Love Podcast, the podcast about love, sex, relationships, and money. If you like this episode, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and find all the details of this episode and more at rebellove.com forward slash podcast.